Hope's Harbor, Gritty Bible Devotions by David Bradley. Armor of God, Sword of the Spirit, Part 7 of 7. A key verse is Ephesians 6.17b. And take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I realized when studying and writing the notes for this episode how much I depend on God's Spirit to give power to the reading and application of His Word. You see, a word is first formed in the mind and is therefore an expression of the mind that forms it. And by this, we know God's Word is an expression of what is on His mind. And this is incredible to know we have the thoughts of Almighty God the Father. Almighty God the Son and Almighty God the Spirit available to us in the Bible. Not every Bible, mind you. Some have been changed when revised by well-meaning people who tried to translate not only the words, but interpret the thought behind the words. And that's okay for commentaries, but not when presenting a version as accurately depicting of every word of God. God's word was a sword that cut through the darkness surrounding me when I refused to believe my need for salvation. And I thank God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit for using his word to pierce my heart and bring me to repentance. And now the sword of the spirit, the word of God, what does this imply to you? And why this verse? What else other than did Paul intend for us to learn by likening God's word to a sword? It is written in Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Let's take a look at this description in Hebrews and see if we can gain insight into the sword aspect of God's word and learn how to wield it effectively. The devotion focus is to learn the effectiveness of God's Word through the kind of prayer that cuts through the darkness and deceit of Satan. First, the Word of God is quick, and this means it's alive, and it's the living Word of God. Second, it is powerful, meaning it is effective. This is taken from a root word, meaning the Word works, and it's implied the Word works when applied. A sword is meant to be wielded. Third, this sword is sharp. It cuts, and by the definition in the Greek, the sharp ability of God's word is to be used repeatedly, not just a single blow. This means an ongoing effort, and probably lifelong is necessary. Finally, God's word goes to where science and philosophy cannot intrude. It divides our soul and spirit and reveals the thoughts and intentions of our minds to what is in and on our hearts. And we need this kind of sword because the Bible reveals the heart or the mind without Christ is full of evil. Listen to Matthew fifteen nineteen. This is Jesus speaking. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adultery, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, and blasphemies. So first of all, God's Word, as a sword, works His power within us as we study and apply it. And this enables us to pray more effectively after we're healed and cleansed from within. And this is the result, I believe, Paul was aiming for when when teaching this analogous, is that even a word? 
analogous lesson to armor? The lesson being armor is the means to praying effectively. And as we'll see in the next episode, prayer is the reason we must be armored, or at least one of the primary reasons. Now, this is from Ephesians 6.18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now, thinking of prayer as a spiritual type of sword fighting brings the question to mind, how do we become adept at using God's Word in prayer in a way that fits the Word, being like a sword? Well, we cannot expect God to fully bless our prayers when we have willful sin that we practice, or even sin and ignorance. Studying God's Word by reading or listening to an audio version of the Bible will teach us about areas of our lives in opposition to God's will. For example, when I first became a Christian 45 years ago, I didn't know it was a sin to look at a woman with lust. Then I read in Matthew 5.28, again, Jesus speaking here, But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And the implication is to look upon a woman or for even a woman to look at a man in lust other than their spouse. And then I wonder, is it even okay to lust for a spouse? And I'll leave that up to you to figure that one out. Somehow it feels wrong. You know, to lust for a spouse as as a sex object rather than one that we love and, you know, and all that goes with that. And then, furthermore, I learned about the sin of my pride and arrogance when I read in Proverbs 8.13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. That's the Lord speaking. And then in Proverbs 6.16 and 17, These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. Verse 17, a proud look. Now, willful sin, and even sin done in ignorance, can and does hinder our prayers. Sin keeps us from wielding the sword of the Spirit effectively in prayer. Now, God at times still blesses us when we sin, especially if that sin's done in ignorance, but still we're hindered by those sins. So the summary is, the Word of God is a sword and is meant to be used in prayer. We have a duty to learn how to use God's Word effectively. Bible study is the method of learning, and using study guides, commentaries, and Bible lessons taught by trusted pastors, uh, those whose teachings align strictly with the Bible. Now, the action to consider is begin to read or listen to God's Word today. I use a free Bible program for study and for constructing show notes that has Strong's Concordance um, included, and that's under the KJV Plus tab. You can copy and paste, or there's a note-taking feature for like sermon making and all. It also contains a dictionary and devotions under the Tools tab. So the program is full of study aids, most of which I've never used. They also offer downloads of different versions of the Bible and commentaries, and then you can compare them in a column when you're trying to get the context or the background of a verse. If you want this resource, you can go to e-sword.net, esword.net. So come on, pick up your sword. There are prayers waiting and people needing help. 
Next week's devotion is Praying in the Spirit, taken from Ephesians 6.18. You've been listening to Hope's Harbor, gritty Bible devotions by David Bradley. To get show notes, visit hopesharbor.net.